many of you know, I generally try to like, you know, hit you with a little story from life, what is life, you know what I'm saying? Like, it ain't really that, that simple of a scenario to be like, try to find stuff from life because it ain't really popping right now. You know what I mean? I ain't saying that in no sort of depressive way, just as much as I ain't going nowhere and I'm going to take that extra mile. Keep your ass at home too. Whoever you are, whatever it is, like I ain't saying you got to stay locked up per se, but you know what I'm talking about. You know who I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, man, one thing that is not happening anymore is that since this isn't new, right? Like, it's not like, oh, my God, it's a new craze that's sweeping the nation. Like when coronavirus was was the new the new hot shit in the news streets, you heard about that over and over and over again but it ain't it ain't that no more right like it's just this thing that's going on all the time and so they don't really be hitting you off with this data they over there in germany and france and they locking back down and you have to understand their situation ain't nearly as fucked up as ours yet they are locking back down these numbers are bananas like the things that had y'all shook at first it's kind of worse now The hospitals are filling up. You know what I mean? Like all this stuff is happening all over again. And I'm begging of you, if you can, I understand if you can't in certain ways, but if you can, keep your ass home. Like I'm looking in the chat room right now and somebody asked the question, why are the clubs open? And somebody underneath it said money, but I feel like simply calling it money is unfair. Yo, man. Whoever the person is that owns that club has a landlord. Like I was just reading about the fact that it's about to be a housing crisis because people just can't pay their rents. And I don't know why people seem to believe that the club owner is supposed to stay closed on his own when he got bills to pay. Like it's not going to be that. I mean, that's just not possible. It's unfair to ask of that person. I can't begrudge the people that are trying to find a way to make a check when they got bills. Like, just be like, people will do anything for money. No, people got to do anything for money. Like, we're not talking about people overwhelmingly that are doing these things so that they can pay their eighth mortgage or something like that. They trying to pay the one they got to get that house they put everything they sank their lives into. Like, this is the place that people are in. So I totally get why the club is open. The question is, why is your ass at the club? You know what I'm saying? Like, once the club owner looked up and realized y'all would come, the door is open. Welcome. Would you like to buy a drink? And I imagine it's some folks out here paying some prices for these drinks that's higher than they was before. Because they got, like, they out here getting this bread. My question again, not why the club is open. Why are you at the club? Now, I'm trying to exercise a measure of empathy, though, like, in the course of discussing this. Isolating as we have for the time period that we have. It is not, like, natural, I suppose, is the way to put it. It's not optimal set of circumstances. I, for whatever reason, have not found this to be optimal, but I feel like I'm all right. 
I could be wrong, right? But I feel like I'm all right. Some of y'all do not feel like y'all are all right. Y'all know that y'all are not all right. And the thing that will make you feel all right is to go and hang out with a large group of your friends. On one hand, that's really stupid. I mean, there's no way around that. It is a stupid thing to do. On the other hand, I recognize that some people are really struggling to hold on right now on a number of levels. And I think that one of the crueler things about this that we don't really so much talk about is that every outlet that people have for stress has been eliminated by the thing that's causing the stress. Like, I don't know if you've ever been, like, unemployed. I haven't done, like, a super long stretch of unemployment, but I've done some time without, like, you know, having a job, a steady idea of what I'm doing or whatever. And when this happens to you, when you don't have money, you know what you really need while you're unemployed? A vacation. You waking up, putting in applications, calling people, all this stuff. You just not getting paid, but I don't mean you ain't working. You really need a vacation when you're unemployed. Except it's kind of a stupid thing to do. If your money is not right. But I get it. And on some levels, I get some of the things that people are doing right now. But I also see people doing things that are just really stupid. And there's a lot of young people that are just doing things that are really stupid. But we can't put it entirely on the youth because there's a lot of older folks that's out here doing things that are really stupid. And maybe the way that you're looking at this is you got to get this thing cracking while the crack is there to get got. Because you understand that it's about to shut down. But I feel like if you understand that it's about to shut down, you understand why it's about to shut down. So you probably shouldn't do that. Like we've been talking about uh, people have been bringing up at this point. It's like, what are people going to do about Thanksgiving? And like prepare yourself in advance. It's going to be a lot of people putting a lot of stuff on Instagram on Thanksgiving. That looks really stupid. Like this is going to happen. Here's the thing to me about Thanksgiving. Aside from the recklessness of large gatherings, some of which are going to involve old people. Aside from that recklessness, people are going to be doing buffet-style eating for these holidays. It's going to be a lot of people taking a spoon, dipping dipping a little dressing out, putting it on the plate, passing a spoon to the next person, dipping out some dressing, putting on the plate, pass a spoon to the next person. Now, so much has gone on in 2020. I'm going to see if you even remember this. Some of y'all do. Some of y'all never saw it. 
but there was a th- video that was going around that used like some kind of paint or something like that. I can't remember what it was, but they used it to illustrate like how much gets left behind, like germs and stuff when people do buffet style eating. And the answer was a lot. Like this was one of the things as the coronavirus started, we were like, yo, the buffet spots, ain't no way they're going to stay in business. They might not stay in business because of volume because people just ain't really got no money. But, you know, given the general levels of stupidity that we seem to see on the Internet, I can't be so positive that people are suddenly just all going to stop going to buffets. That would just make too much sense. But anyway, people are going to be doing this buffet thing over Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving, in a lot of ways, is going to turn into one of those, if one of y'all got it, y'all all about to got it. Because how are you going to be able to avoid it? Like how? It's not possible. Like once people decide that they're going to make that play for Thanksgiving, man, I mean, I'm being real about this. Anybody tell you they're going over somebody's like house for Thanksgiving, it's going to be a bunch of people there, man. You can't kick it with them for two weeks. But if any one person make that play, man, everybody's going to have it. So really, I encourage you, man, look up what the spread is. Look up what these numbers are right now. Like look up the place in the game that we are in with this. And plan accordingly, because, like, it's about to be a long month, dog. Like, I went ahead and decided to keep on working instead of taking the day after the election off, because, I mean, I'll be all right. Um, But, like, look around you. See what's going on. It's about to be difficult, you know? Take care of yourselves. However you got to do it, man. Anyway, let us move on to your question. How pressed is somebody to party if he or she goes to a tropical island for a birthday bash during this pandemic thrown by his or her celebrity multimillionaire friend? All right. Here's my thought on people like Kim Kardashian. I think Rondo's doing a thing. You know, Rondo's in like the Maldives or somewhere like that right now. Um, And they're putting all the pictures up on Instagram or whatever. I don't really understand what Rondo did. What Kim Kardashian did was, at least let her tell it, she had her whole crew of people that were going to be taking this trip, um, quarantined for two weeks, pass some tests, all of that stuff, and then I'm assuming jumped on a private plane and went to a private island, and then they kicked it. I really don't have a problem with that, right? Like, you should do whatever is safe. Like, what gets me is not the fact that people are kicking it. What gets me is the fact that people are kicking it in ways where their safety isn't even close to being insured. But, like, with the Kim Kardashian thing, they good. Like, if they went through all the stuff to make sure that everybody is safe, and they got the means to get everybody down there and to have the good time that they want to have. Um, I mean, having a problem with that is just hating. Now, do I think that you should send a tweet about it and talk about how you're going to pretend like things are normal for a little while while you're on a private island? Well, yeah. That's doing a bad job of reading the room. But, Let me tell you something I've noticed about when people say that the problem that they have with somebody is that that person did not read the room. 
that's some bullshit that you do to blame the person for the room, right? Like the argument about like you need to read the room, it is not about whether somebody has done something wrong. It is about whether or not the audience is trying to hear that. Now, I would have known or been, I think, a bit more self-aware under those circumstances and understood that the audience did not want to hear that in these times. Except if you're Kim Kardashian, you kind of thinking, I've been selling this lavish lifestyle to y'all's broke asses for how long? Y'all was broke before. Y'all are broke now. Y'all used to like it when y'all were broke. And you would see me go out doing rich people things. Like y'all used to dig that. Now y'all don't, now y'all don't want to hear it. They, they like, yo, coronavirus actually kind of equalized the terms of things in a little bit because I could catch it too. You know what I'm saying? Like, I thought we was out here fighting. She like, I thought y'all would be happy for me. Right? Right? Like y'all always say, y'all don't want nobody to dim y'all light. You know what I mean? If you want to shine, you can't be worried about these people trying to dim your shine. She came out here shining. and you're like, yo, don't you know that we don't want to see nobody shining right now? Y'all don't recognize that. And yo, I don't blame you for the fact that you ain't really trying to see Kim Kardashian go to no private island right now and call it like some sense of normalcy. I get where you coming from. I'm just saying you picking a hell of a time to look at her and be like, damn, don't you know what real life is? What y'all have loved is what is not real life. That's what it is. But see, this is something that I don't at once famous people, false and means, however you want to put it. At once they are adept at manipulating social media cycles and everything else to get whatever they want out of it, right? Like they are capable of doing that. At the same time, part of the hustle for so many people is to try to treat these strangers like they're your friends. And Kim Kardashian, I assure you, got a bunch of friends in her life where she could be like, yo, we just went down to the private island. I mean, it was just, it was just good to hang out like we used to. And she got friends that are like, oh, my God, that was such a great idea. I think I might do that with some people. Like, that's how she talked. That, that's her talking to her friends. But they try to talk to you via the Internet like they're your friends. Right. Like, I, I mean, I think I've talked about this here before, but, you know, for those of you, uh, you know, who go back with me, y'all know that, like, I gave it to you like we were friends because in large part we were because the audience was such, you know, small in such a way. We got to know like there was an intimacy that was present there where I really was kicking it like that because I did it like that small and that helped me build it up. And then it just got to a point where I'm like, I can't do this. These people are not actually my friends. You know what I mean? I can't do that. But they still going to try to pitch this to you like they're your friends. <laughs> and you're like, yo, you're talking, y- y'all out here, you're talking to your broke friends right now. This is not like normal to me. Y'all are not happy for her that she is shy. I got to get it, though. By the way, Darby Dog in the chat room talking about, Bo, why do you care? 
Hey, guy, I don't know if you're new to this, but what I do here is I answer people's fucking questions. Person had a question. I answered the question. Like I'm answering your question. Except this person's question was so much better than yours. Appreciate the question. See what else you got here. All right. Let me go back to the top. I have to say, it's a lot of questions. Not a lot of quality. Which does not make me want to encourage y'all to ask more questions. But I'm going to find a way to make this work. All right. Six days left. Are you prepared? Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I'm prepared enough. What I'm going to do, man? What I'm going to do? I have voted. I don't know if you guys did it. But uh, I have voted. Uh, like, I don't know, man. Um, I think we are approaching a point now where, like, I've been able to talk about all this stuff with the election or whatever it was, really is content and just, you know, overwhelmingly is some level of intellectual fodder, right? Like, I mean, this election has been an idea for like four years. Now we hear and it's wilder than I thought it would be. Like, look, I ain't got to tell you what's going on because me putting the word on it ain't going to change whatever it is. You go look around at what's happening in some of these states, right? Like it's clear what the plan is on both sides. Not saying that the, the plans are the same, obviously, but it's clear what everybody's strategy is to go about this. I have no idea what Tuesday night is going to look like. I do think that whatever the race is, I do think it'll be settled on Tuesday night. I think that the results are going to be as such where there's nothing that really hangs in the balance and requires us to not be able to project who it is that is going to win the election on the night of the election. I think that that's a, I think that that's there. Now, the thing that I don't know, like, and you guys can let me know, cause I honestly don't know this. I'm assuming that you don't like have to wait till somebody concedes. Right. Cause I mean, Al Gore, didn't he concede and take it back or something like that. But like, if you waiting on a, on, on, one of these people, if they lose, they concede. There ain't no guarantee that that part's going to happen, but I don't think there's any real requirement of that. You know? Like, I really don't. Um, I think it'll be there. I just don't really have a great handle on how everybody's going to react to that. I don't. I don't know how that's going. To, I don't know, man. I don't like the news that's been coming down the last few days, man. It's been a bit of a whopper. Like I'm not at the point where it's like weighing on my soul, at least not in no way that I could recognize, but I damn sure could see how it would and why it would for somebody else, man. Like it's coming down, man. It's so I'm prepared. I guess as prepared as I can be. 
you know, I suggest you go to the grocery store and lock it down on that front. Like, I don't think I'm going to be wanting to go outside next week unless I really got to. Like, I do feel like I need to make some advanced preparations. Yeah, oof, man. Nah, it's a little tight, man. Uh, appreciate the question. Let's see what else we got here. Do you think Jeezy has enough jams to keep up with T.I. in the next verses? I am interested in uh, seeing the T.I. versus uh, Jeezy versus. Here's the problem, though. At least, I mean, the problem for Jeezy. Um, tip quietly. I actually think this is quietly. Quietly. Tip got one of the deepest catalogs ever. Ever. Like, how many albums does Tip have that one could argue is a classic? I would say that you could go down that road, and I wouldn't necessarily go down that road with you on all of these. You can go down that road on I'm Serious. You can absolutely go down that road on trap music. Um, I don't love Urban Legend as much as a lot of other people do, but you can go down that road with Urban Legend. I really like King. I don't know if I would say the King's a classic, but I really, really like King. And Paper Trail, which I know is one of those that, like, if you were a down-since-day-one type, Paper Trail becomes easy for you to dismiss. Paper Trail is a classic. Like, I don't think there's no way around that. Like, that one is a legitimate classic. That dude got a lot. Jeezy, Jeezy was never playing the same game as Tip, though. Because, like, it ain't like Tip ever left the trap, but Tip was, I don't even want to say compromise. That's not fair. I think Tip was trying to get himself on the radio and staying in that space in a way that's different than Jeezy was, right? So, Tip going to have more. Like, Tip going to win this. I tell you this, though. Interestingly with Tip, Jeezy got something in his catalog that Tip doesn't have and Tip will never have. Tip does not have a My President is Black. And is there any moment more self-aware in the history of rap then when Jeezy starts off My President is Black with, I ain't even right this. Like, he couldn't even allow himself to act like somebody else did. I mean, act like he did it with somebody else. That's that. Although he gets the writing credit. So I've always, that line, like, I've never quite understood it, but that's what he said. Anyway, people say Jeezy only got uh, TM 101, and uh, 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 I, I do not agree with that. Like, what a T.I. versus Jeezy comparison should not be is an excuse for y'all to get out here lying about Jeezy. I mean, you got to do that. All right, appreciate the question. Let's see what else we got here. I was surprised to see you say that you probably watched every episode to say about a bell. That did not seem like something you would watch. Um, I have a question for you, person who is asking this. How old are you? And I don't mean that like as any sort of shade or anything, but I'm asking how old are you um, because I feel like the only way that you would say that is if you grew up in a generation 
where they just had all these shows for you to watch. I did not grow up in a generation where they gave us all these shows to watch. We had to watch what was on. And if you were of my age at that time and you wanted to watch something that was halfway reflective of where you were in life, say by the bell, fill the void. Like, you got to think about this, man. At that point, they had, like, TV shows for kids. They had TV shows for grown-ups. They did not have TV shows for teenagers. Like, you kind of had to hope to catch on to a TV show that had some teenagers and might perhaps explore some teenage themes. But that ain't what you had. And so, yeah, you watch Saved by the Bell. And somebody put it, it was on all the time. Like, this, like y'all think y'all, like, this cable that y'all got now, that cable ain't nothing like the cable that we had, baby. We didn't have that. You got to realize, you know what was on cable for us? Channel 9 in Chicago. Like, y'all don't get that. Like, the, 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 the TBS now, you know what TBS used to be? TBS used to be Channel 17 in Atlanta. They was just broadcasting Channel 17. You watch what was on TV. Why else do you think I would say that I watched every episode, but you skipped the part where I said I didn't laugh at any of them? Say about the bell was not funny. Like, it is okay for us to come out here and admit that. That shit was not funny. It was just what we had. That's it. It was just what we had. And so you watched it. And I watched them all. You realize in the whole damn history of that show, they ain't never find one black friend for Lisa to have. Like, they thought so little of Lisa Turtle as a character. Keep it in mind, they had to throw that character on. I looked this up on the wiki. They threw that character in late when somebody was like, hey, you should probably have a black person. They didn't think enough of Lisa to even give her one of those stereotypical plot lines where one of her hood cousins comes and shows up to Bayside and starts trying to peer pressure her into selling weed or something like that. They ain't even do that. She ain't never have not one black friend step nowhere close to no Bayside High her whole time while she was there. Not a single one. She was bad as hell too, boy. All right, appreciate the question. Let's see what else we got here. Can you tell the story about the guy jumping out the window in college? Cracks me up. I'll be honest, running low on content right now. So I'll go ahead and give you an oldie but goodie. Some of you, this will be the first time you've heard me tell the story. So I will try to tell it. For all of you, so that even if you have received it and heard it before, you might still get a kick out of this story. So I was actually not here this evening, but I knew enough of the characters involved because I went to my parents' house that night for some reason. I did not come back to the dorm. And so the next day, the homies told me what happened. And it's like, damn, dog, what happened? Okay. 
So there is this one dude. I think his name was Terrence. I can't remember if his name was Terrence, but I called him Old Face because he had a real old face. And, like, we were 18, and his hairline was all the way back. Like, yeah, I know you got jokes, but, I mean, it was uh, this works better on me than any hair situation worked on him. Like, I remember at one point, I was like, damn, why he always got a hat on? And then I saw him without the hat, and I was like, oh, damn. Like, are you a non-traditional student? So anyway, there's old face. Anyway, just uh, put a pin in that one. So we're in the dorm. It's 1997. Before the cell phone, but deep in the era of the uh, cordless telephone. So anyway, cat's in the dorm. It's getting like late in the semester. And something happened. And the electricity went out. I don't remember if it went out in the whole dorm or if it only went out on the third floor. But it went out on the third floor. And the power going out on the third floor, particularly inconvenience. One gentleman, a man looked like Red Man. I recall him being from New Jersey. And I remember people like said he was a little crazy. That, that was what they said, but I had never really seen any like evidence of this. You know what I mean? Like I ain't, I ain't, I ain't see that. I'm not saying it didn't exist. I'm just saying I myself had not witnessed any of it. But apparently it came to bear um, upon the disconnection of this electricity. So he was working on a paper on the laptop. And the power went out. Now, I recognize that a lot of you youngsters, y'all are growing up with the cloud or even before we got to the cloud, you may have been familiar with flash RAM. That would allow you to pull something back up right fast if you got to it quick enough. You know? That wasn't what it was in 1998. This was 98 because it was the spring. This wasn't what it was in 1998. We really had these options. You working on a paper, if you forgot to save it, and the lights went out. It's a wrap. And you said no battery. It might have just been an actual computer. I'm not sure. Either way it goes, the dude lost the paper. Mike, dumbass. Keep your eyes on the prize. So he has lost his paper. And he is now furious. And so this thing happens in freshman dorms. At least it happened back in the day in freshman dorms. And I don't know if this is still the case. But I can just tell you this is what it was back then. And actually, no, I can say this is probably across the board because this is a universal thing. There are very few things in this world that people love, at least in this country, that people love more than when they feel as though they are justified in exacting violence upon somebody. All right? Like once it has been identified that somebody deserves to get their ass whooped, oh, man, it's a party. And you get to a place where everybody feels like they've been aggrieved, Right? Because the power went out. It went out for all kinds of people. So anyway, whole bunch of people start doing some level of investigation to try to figure out who has disconnected the power. I don't know if they ever truly got to the bottom of it. Like we did that time, we were trying to figure out who went out the emergency exit in order to get a pizza. They got our visitation privileges restricted. Uh, the detectives got to the bottom of that one and identified the culprit. I don't know if they identified the proper culprit on this one, but somehow word had got around 
that this dude DJ DJ had been messing with the pal. So you know what that means. Whole bunch of dudes, the regulators, they mount up and they go to DJ's room. And it's a gang of them, right? So they go to knock on the door, banging on the door. There's a whole bunch of people out there banging on the door. Nobody lets them in. Rodney does not appreciate this. And so Rodney says, you know what? I'm about to kick this door down. Rodney sent somebody down to go get his boots. His boots were retrieved. He now has his boots. Rodney has now laced up his boots. As you can tell, the Rodney might be a little bit crazy part of the story. Remember, I was like, I hadn't seen it. I still haven't seen it, but I believe now. Because Rodney laces up those boots. And Rodney kicked the door one time and the door gets shaken. Rodney kicked the door a second time. The door flies open. DJ is not in the room. Who's in the room, you ask? Old Face Terrence. Old Face Terrence, by now, must have been terrified. Because it doesn't appear that Terrence had any idea what was going on or that anyone at any point, like he, he doesn't understand what's happening. All he knows is some dude just kicked his door down. And so he's sitting in the windowsill and he looks out and it's Rodney and like half the dorm waiting in the hallway. And they said that all he says is, yo, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Out the window. Out the window. Landed on the ground. Ran away. Never to be seen again by most. I saw him one more time. I was walking around campus, and he was talking to somebody. And I don't know what the totality of the conversation was, but I just remember him saying, I mean, you know, you're making people jump out of windows. And, like, I can't even be mad at him about it, right? Like, that was a, that was a, that was a horrible situation uh, for him to wind up in. But that's what it came down to, man. He had to jump out the window. Yeah. But while we're here, you guys want to hear the story about the pizza? Because I think you'll enjoy the story about the pizza. The story about the pizza actually has two parts. This is a story that I have told in the past, but I feel like the people that have heard me tell the story about the pizza will appreciate hearing the story about the pizza again. I'm at that point now where we have such an intimate relationship and I've been doing this podcast for like nine years that you're just going to have to deal with me telling stories over again. All right. So when I went to Clark, we was like on some old school HBCU situation and we could only have girls over to the dorm Friday and Saturday from 6 to 1130. That was the only time that we could have girls over and like i hear a lot of stories that people tell about how wild their college is and their freshman year in particular was 
Oz was not really wild um, in that way because when y'all are out here in like the super late drinking hours or whatever, you you might be able to get them back to the shack or be able to go with them. We didn't really have that option. So anyway, whenever somebody in the dorm did something that they were not supposed to do, we would get hit with, we going to take away your visitation. Now, whenever they started taking away visitation, all of a sudden, everybody's back got straight and everybody want to start doing what they're supposed to do. But invariably, somebody would do something that would make them take away our visitation. Now, they would always wind up giving it back because that don't really, that's not fair, you know? But the other problem was the dudes who had use of their, for their visitation, they were never mad that we were losing visitation because if she was going to come to your room, you could go to hers. The people that was always the most furious about losing visitation never had no company but understand that that was the overwhelming majority of dudes that were in the dorm like being a freshman dude at clark you got a real uphill battle especially if you was trying to highlight one of the bad ones right you had the morehouse dudes coming over and you got to understand especially your first semester freshman year those are some real formidable adversaries because these girls had all heard about Morehouse, heard about Morehouse, heard about Morehouse, right? And so now these dudes is coming on the yard and they almost got to step ahead because that is like Morehouse got a better branding situation than we do. You know what I mean? So you dealing with like that you got to fight against that just a little bit. Like it ain't even got nothing to do with you. It ain't got nothing to do with them. But you got to fight against a brand name there. Okay, cool. We got all the different colleges that's around there. All right, you got to deal with them. You got to deal with the athletes. You got to deal with the dope boys. You got to deal, I mean, now I guess you got to deal with the entertainers, you know, but you had to deal with it all. Like, and as a freshman, like, them freshman girls might be willing to deal with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could get one that likes you. You could pull it off. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying there's some sharks in the water. And a whole lot of these dudes, you know, I mean, these dudes, I wasn't really rolling like that neither, right? Like, it wasn't going down. But whenever the visitation get taken away, I mean, everybody get hyped. It's woo, 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 we got to get something done, right? And so the way my dorm was set up, the f- second floor was, like, street level. The first floor was down some steps. So if you were like meeting the pizza man outside or something like that, if you lived on one of the uh, dorm had four floors, no elevator. So like if you were on the third floor or the fourth floor, you got to go down to the first floor to go walk up some steps if you want to meet the pizza man in the parking lot. And then you got to walk down those steps and then walk back up the steps again. But there was an emergency exit on the second floor. And so people would stay going out the emergency exit because honestly, it just made too much sense. Problem is, there's an emergency exit. 
And so every time you go out the emergency exit, you know, it trips off. The fire people got to come or whatever. So they got to get us to stop doing that. Totally understandable. Well, one day somebody went out the emergency exit. Nobody would cop to it. And so now they talking about taking away our visitation. So we had some kind of meeting about it. And I just remember somebody was like, yo, yo, I don't know who this dude is. I don't know his name. But I saw him walk in this afternoon with some pizza. And so I guess somebody asked, like, at what time the emergency exit had gone off to, like, trigger this problem. But people figured it out, and they had concluded that this dude, whose name to this day I don't know, but we kind of thought he looked like Tony the Tiger, so we called him Tony the Tiger. Somebody had concluded that Tony the Tiger was the dude who had gone and gotten the pizza. And so now, every, and when I say everybody in this case, I really mean damn near the entire dorm. Everybody has now decided it's time to run up on Tony the Tiger. There's only like one person in the room who even purports to know who exactly this is that we are talking about, right? But what he knew about that dude was that he had pizza. That was it. And so I remember it's getting rowdy. That's what it was. It was getting rowdy outside because we had the meeting about it. And then I was on the, the, the hall council. Worst idea I ever had. But I was on the hall council after that. And we were having some meeting and we were trying to figure it out. And apparently what had happened was, well, I'll tell you how, it, how we figured this out. So while we having this meeting, all of a sudden this one dude comes in the room and we're like, yo, what's up? And he's like, yo, man, I don't know what's going on, but I need some help. That gentleman was Tony the Tiger. So apparently, Tony the Tiger had gone upstairs to his room, and when he gets to the floor, the whole door was on the floor. And they're like crowding around his door. And he's like, yo, man, what's going on? They're like, yo. I don't even know who it is, but that dude that live in that room, he got our visitation taken back. We about to whoop his ass. He's like, oh, okay. And he turned around and went back down the steps. And then at that point, somebody was like, that was him. That's the dude with the pizza. And so he comes in and now, oh God, this is over so stupid. And we decided that we needed to have like, it was like a trial basically, right? Because we had like a chief judiciary officer on the board or whatever. And so we decided... Like the trial comes. And I don't know what anybody was ultimately going to do. Because look, he's the one that went out the emergency exit. Punish him. Give everybody back their visitation. Whatever it is. But I just remember the question that kept coming up over and over and over again was, did you see him go out the emergency exit? And the only answer we ever got back was, I saw him with pizza. That was it. Over and over again, I saw him with pizza. And so I don't even remember how that got resolved for Tony the Tiger. But just imagine what it had to be like for Tony the Tiger to come up on the floor and see these people packed around his room. Now, I imagine a lot of you are hearing this story and you are feeling sorry for Tony the Tiger as you imagine that had to be quite a traumatic experience. Let me tell you about when Tony the Tiger got kicked out the door and why maybe you shouldn't feel so bad for Tony the Tiger 
And the, the, the link between these two stories is pizza. Because apparently Tony the Tiger really loves pizza. So, one day a girl goes out to meet the pizza man and get her pizza. She gets her pizza. Somewhere in this process, Tony the Tiger takes the box of pizza out of her hand and goes into the door. Now, apparently, Tony the Tiger thought that he was going to come into the dorm and then this young lady would not be able to get past the desk and he would abscond with the pizza. Nope. She followed him up the steps to his room where he slammed the door in her face, leaving her little recourse but to call the police. And so she calls campus police. She tells them what's happening. She comes back to the dorm with campus police. I guess she tells them the room number. She goes and, you know, cop goes upstairs to Tony the Tiger's room. Cop knocks on the door. Tony the Tiger answers the door. You know what Tony the Tiger started doing in between the time he slammed the door in that woman's face and the police showing up? You want to guess what Tony the Tiger did? That's right. Tony the Tiger started smoking weed. So Tony the Tiger's in the room with stolen pizza and weed. And that was that for Tony the Tiger's uh, experience at Clark Atlanta University. Oh, couldn't have been me. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on the Evening Jones. Try to do this thing here about once a week. My man Lance Gilliam handles everything behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. Remember, if you cannot watch the Evening Jones live, subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the iTunes store. Subscribe to Stitcher Radio. Check us out on SoundCloud. You can also find us at the Google Play Store. Talk to you guys in a little while. Take it easy.